0: This is the Veterinary Life Coach Podcast with Doctor Julie Capel, episode number two hundred and sixty three. Hey, guys. This podcast is the second one in the series that I'm doing with Dr. Lennon Fu. I hope you enjoyed our first one, and I hope you enjoy this one as well. I just want to remind you that Dr. Fu has a book out called Vet for Life, and I would encourage you to read it. Um, and my book as well, Love Your Veterinary Life. So go to Amazon and get both of those books. I think um, the combination of the two will be very beneficial to you. If you need anything or you want to try coaching or you want to sign up for my Wednesday Weekly Words, just go to my website, juliecapel.com or theveterinarylifecoach.com. And as always, thank you so much for listening. And if you have any suggestions for me, please reach out. Enjoy this podcast with Len and Fu. Hello, friends. Welcome to the Veterinary Life Coach podcast. I am welcoming back today my wonderful guest, Dr. Lennon Fu, and he is the Amity Veterinary Care founder. He's also a speaker and an author. And we talked last um, time on the podcast about looking for your first job. And today we are going to talk about um, negotiating your salary. And, um, and just to remind you, Dr. Lennon Fu's book is called Vet for Life, and you can get it on Amazon, and we'll probably talk about that a little bit too. Welcome back, Lennon.
1: Thank you very much, Dr. Julie, for getting me Grilled back. to
0: have you here. Pleasure. So today we're going to talk about negotiating your salary. Last time we talked about looking for your job, now we're going to negotiate.
1: Yep, we are. That is uh, one topic which uh, not many people are good at all. Are yeah. interested in but yeah, yet,
0: it's, it's a to tough thing to do right it's it's intimidating
1: it can be well first of all we are certainly not trained for it i don't know about you five years in vet college did not tell me anything about negotiating salary
0: nothing about and, business right
1: nope not at all very little so um one of the challenges that we have as vets is because we are doing this because we love the animals isn't it it's never about the money
0: I know. And, yes. It's like we love animals, we want to help people. Those are usually our reasons, right? Not we Absolutely. want to make a fortune because if we did, we probably wouldn't have gone into this business.
1: <laughs> Even though I work know work a work lot of work. vets that have
0: made a fortune. You can make money. You just have yeah. to be you have to be smart about it.
1: Exactly. Exactly. So my question I suppose is what's the difference between those vets and those vets that do not make any money?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: so good question. I, and I believe it's information and uh, knowledge and the ability of figuring what sort of person you are. So there is a lot of myths that I find that we have as vets. Um, so just to say that what what I'm going to share with you, it's all written in Vet for Life and especially the techniques, which is too much to be covered in this short podcast. However, I just wanted to highlight the importance of knowing how to negotiate your salary, really. The first question before I even go to how, the question is who? What sort of person do you think you are? Because mm-hmm. it takes a sort of certain person to be able to negotiate salary. Because as I mentioned earlier on, one of the myths that we have that we need to bust, if not we are stuck, is we love animals so much that we can do this for free. Oh, right, we love yeah, that money. is
0: such a hard... But
1: you have heard so many times, okay? And it's yes. a lot of change in mindset that you have to alter how you think, how you feel, your beliefs that you think you have. Mm-hmm. Because no doubt, they will govern how you think, firstly. Nextly, how you think will be how you speak, how you behave, and what you do. And it all starts with a thought. So with a very limiting mindset or a mindset that holds you back, a belief that holds you back, they will literally hold you back in any advances you want to make. The right. how is easy. Ask for more money. The how is really easy. The Correct. question is, yeah. why <laughs> you are you get not doing that? that in that yet?
0: mindset, right? Yeah.
1: Why are you not doing that yet? Because right. of this particular myth, like or beliefs that I've heard many, many vets, myself inclusive in the past, that says that I'm not this, I'm not in here for the money. I'm here for the right. animals. This very, very simple belief. Will stop you from getting more money literally,
0: right. right. Well, and then the other time. the other thing would be that you're not worthy of it for some reason because we all have that imposter syndrome. Like I talk yeah. about that in my book, is Absolutely. we have that idea that we're not worthy, and that's a really hard one to overcome. and 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 unless you overcome that worthiness puzzle yep. piece, yep. you're not going to feel like you can ask for more money, right?
1: Exactly, exactly so there's a few different myths so what i like to do is i like to share with you the myth first because it's, i i truly believe this is more important than how to negotiate salary because okay. until you get rid of all this myth right. the how you want me to do it anyway even if i tell you exactly what to do okay so the first yeah. myth is money is not everything and money does not buy happiness okay right. <laughs> the fact is the fact is money does not buy happiness however it does buy you options so right. many, many vets they say that, you know, it, it gives you choices. The more money you have, the more options and choices you have. Correct. It's not the most important thing, but it is important. So many vets, they are amazing they're amazing at what they do, but they still remain dissatisfied and unfulfilled as they are they've, they've not mastered the financial part of their lives. And it's not anybody's fault because we were not taught finances. Right. So yeah.
0: That's why and I have so many this, business people on this podcast, because I think it's yeah. really important.
1: And just to give you an idea, okay, with the increasing tuition fees, okay, and this is in UK, your student debt will only increase when you qualify. Just to give you a perspective, in '99, when I was a VET student, when I first enrolled to the Royal VET College in London, the full tuition fees which I was paying because I was overseas, alone, just a full tuition is $12,500 per year. Okay, and the subsidized fees for local students, for the British students, is one thousand per year.
0: Oh wow, that's a salary, huge difference. Yeah, huge. I
1: mean, before that it was free, so it, wow. it had like UK, free education. Yeah, so when I was in my fifth, when I was in my first year, the fifth year, my seniors were the last year who had it free. Wow. So anyway, so I was paying twelve and a half, and the local students were paying one thousand. Okay, and the average salary for a fresh grad was about twenty four k a year mm-hmm. okay. in 2022 so this 1999 in 2022 so about 23 years later okay i.e last year okay get this the full tuition fees in the same university roivette college in london full tuition fees are 36 and a half thousand from 20 for 12 and a half to 36 and a half so that's yeah. three time jump Purples, okay. yeah. and the subsidized fees for local students were nine thousand per annum that's wow. a nine time jump from That's one thousand. Right? Okay, the starting salary for a fresh grad has certainly not tripled. Okay, Enough? reflecting the increased cost it takes to actually become a vet, the average salary is about thirty two k.
0: Wow. So
1: now you have a increased cost. You have increased tuition fees to be a vet, but yet when you actually become a vet, you don't make that money back compared to the past.
0: Correct. Yeah. It's not triple.
1: Yep. So, just very simple. So, this is just about money. Okay. Myth number two I do this for the love of the job, not for the money. Okay. (laughs) This is what gets many, many vets and vet nurses into financial trouble in the first place. When I was a kid, when I was young, my father warned me about how being a vet would yield very little financial rewards compared to a doctor, lawyer, and things like that. Right. And I remember saying, I valiantly said, you know, it's not about the money. It's about my love for the profession and animals. Right. Well, you will find that no matter how passionate you are about the profession and animals, that passion does not pay the bills. You cannot pay your rent with your love for animals. Okay. (laughs) You cannot pay your fuel, your holidays or groceries with your passion for animals. It seems that they only accept money. Yeah. So instead of saying, I'm not doing this for the money, I'm doing this for the love of whatever, I would suggest just a little simple mind mind switch that you reframe your mind to say, I'm so passionate about vet medicine that it is the only thing I'm willing to do for money.
0: Okay. I like that. Yeah. Yeah?
1: Okay. Yeah. That is,
0: that's, that's, a a good, yeah? that's a good mindset. I love it yeah.
1: so much. It's the only thing which I'll do for money. Right. Just change that a little bit. Okay. Rather than you know, I'm not in for the money, I'm in for the love of animals. Because, yeah, as beautiful as it sounds, and it is beautiful, that won't get you too far.
0: Okay?
1: Right, no. You know number three, to... okay, or, or rather the myth number three, I'm a vet, not in finance. I wouldn't know anything about money. Okay, which is what, it's, just like, it's not my fault. I'm a vet, nobody taught me.
0: That's a cap out right?
1: Exactly. So that's myth number three. Fact number three I'd like to share with you. Okay? The subject of money can be learned like any other subject, not dissimilar to feline hypothyroidism, pharmacology, cruciate disease, etc. It's not some obscure topic that's only accessible to some and not to others, like the finance people. Okay, Be sure to understand basic taxation, inflation, assets, liabilities, profit margins, expenses, etc. Okay. These are certainly some simple but very, very powerful money mindsets Okay, to adopt to ensure financial success regardless of what you do, whether you're a vet or a vet nurse or whatever. Okay, View them as essential CPD. Learning vet topics Okay, is essential for you to excel in the profession. Learning financial skills is essential for you to succeed in life. Don't yeah. fall in the trap. Don't fall in the trap of being an excellent but broke vet. Right. The success of one does not automatically equate to the success of the other. Both topics together with other aspects of life need to be well studied and applied to ensure success in your life. Some of the smartest, most intelligent and most excellent vets I know are broke. Okay. Yeah. Well, it's all.
0: true. And I think, yeah. I think it's because people are afraid of that subject. They're afraid of money.
1: Absolutely.
0: You know, they're afraid to learn. They're afraid to invest. They're afraid to... Mm-hmm ask for more you know there there's that fear around it yeah and yep. it i would i would say it's one of the most important things we need to know
1: mm, yeah absolutely
0: if and you want to enjoy the, your job yeah. you have to be able to pay your bills right
1: exactly exactly because if you don't have a yeah. job then you can't provide any service to the vet uh, for, for for the animals that you want to do so right. so so for that particular fear i will offer myth number four okay
0: oh okay myth i jumped the, the gun forest. on you that's all right.
1: The more yeah, I no, that's great. It's great. Book, right He's <laughs> a great leader. Okay. The more I study, the more experience I have, the more loyal I stay to the practice, the more money I will have. So this uh-huh. makes many, many vets who stay, who say, I'm 20 years qualified. I should be earning this much. Okay. That is a myth. Why do I say that? This is a fact number four. And this is a general rule which I have that would bring perspective to why you do what you do and why are things working the way they are. Money is a byproduct of value creation. I say this again: money is a byproduct of value creation. This is one of the most profound mindset you can ever adopt about money. Consider why some people are rich and others are poor. The key comes down to value creation and provision. The crucial point about value is that it is a perceived value to the prospect or the buyer or the person who pays, not what the sellers feel is of value. The more value one can produce for another, the more the other will pay for that value. It almost has nothing to do with how much knowledge equipment or experience you have or your loyalty. This is not referring to being ignorant using substantive equipments or not gaining experience or not staying loyal. There are important traits that may serve to provide value to your customers, clients and employees. Just be sure that they're actually providing true value, not just face value. Many people make the mistake of thinking they're providing value and actually not. That's a problem. Okay. Mm. So to be able to provide true value, you need to find out what your prospects need, what you think not what you think they need. This is such an important distinction. So many practices that advertise and boast of their latest equipment or newest knowledge when in reality, most pet guardians, they are not interested at all as it's the last thing they want to think is their pets needing to go to the vets to utilize the equipment or knowledge no matter how good it is. You can talk mm-hmm. about a new MRI machine, but no pet gunner to say, Wow, you got a new MRI machine. I must bring my pet there one day. <laughs> no. I
0: want to pay for one of those MRIs. <laughs>
1: exactly. Exactly. Also, just because you're busy doesn't mean that you are productive or providing value. Remember that flapping your hands in the water doesn't mean that you're swimming. So be very, very clear about these sort of things. Once you can get a mindset clear about this and you're actually providing true value, then you're in the right mindset to talk about how to negotiate your salary. Okay. But before that, you won't even be the right person. It wouldn't be natural to you, or you wouldn't feel the you wouldn't feel right to talk about money if your association with money is very, very poor. That is one problem that we all have, or many, many people have. It's nothing to do with you. It's how we were brought up. Right. It's how- we were taught in school in college and you know when was the last time in college that people talked more about money when you're when you're when your um senior lecturers talk to you about a cruciate surgery did they tell you how much you charge when they say this dog needs an MRI scan did they tell you how, how much an MRI machine cost
0: Mm-mm. yeah
1: the question is do they even know themselves so if you have people who have no knowledge about money teaching you about bad medicine, rest <laughs> assured that your knowledge of money will just be the same as they ask none. Yeah,
0: yeah. Well, well, and I would point. I would add to that, Lennon, that if you are really struggling getting into that mindset before you talk about how to negotiate, if you're really struggling to with that mindset, that somebody can help you get better at that, a coach, right? like yeah, that's what yeah, that's what definitely. life coaches do that's what business coaches do mm. so if you are one of those people that is having trouble with the value and and knowing your worth mm. that you need to get some coaching and get that mindset right yeah
1: absolutely absolutely i think yeah the the yeah the value of understanding what is money about is so profound and so important it's going to help you in life not just in your mm. first job in vet medicine things like that because how you do anything is how you do everything. Your value you see yourself as a vet to be able to convey that value is the value you see yourself as a person, to be right. to be able to convey that value as well. So, like I mentioned, as mentioned before, in, in my book, I do discuss about the value and things that I think about, I give you real life examples of how to reframe your mind, all those sort of things really. When you get all those right, then we talk about how to negotiate, sell it, because we all know we we want more money. But the question is where's the money come from? Okay. Right. Right. And how do you want more money? Okay. You can't just ask for more because I'm 20 years qualified. I deserve that. Why? <laughs> Where's right. the money coming yeah, from? Give you know, some what, reasons, right? What value are you bringing to allow the money to come back to you as buy a uh, as a byproduct? What value are you creating? Uh, what What value are you creating? Right. So with all that in mind, I feel that is even more crucial than learning how to negotiate. The how is fairly straightforward. However, to get the fairly it, It's almost like asking, that's why. Okay, there's this particular phrase, be do have. Who do you have to be to do what you have to do to have the results that you want? Okay. The we reason. Do why, have. Not, is
0: that what you said? Yeah.
1: It we is, yeah, exactly.
0: Do have. Okay. Yeah.
1: Who do you have to be to do yep. what you need to do to have the results that you want? is always in a want. sequence. It's always in that sequence. It's not the other way around. You can't turn it the other way around. So when you ask how... You can't ask
0: for the uh, money and then become the person that makes a lot of money, right? You have to start as the person that makes a lot of money to get the money.
1: Or rather, have the framework that you've got to become the person that thinks that you're worth that money in the first place to be able to ask for it. Right. Because if not, you cannot ask the question. It's almost... That's why there's so many methods to lose weight because that's where they go wrong. They're asking how to lose weight. The question right. they should be asking is like, who do you have to be? What sort of person do you have to be to lose right. that weight in the first so place? Because weight. you all know it's simple. It exercise more, eat less. Yeah. But you know, you unless the, you're mind a right. yet, the mind is you the exactly. So yeah. so same again, until you get a money mindset sorted out, it's really, really I can tell you exactly what to do, but you won't be able to do it because right. you don't believe it.
0: Right. So
1: that is what I'm talking about. And um, I love it. And uh, that 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 is crucial, that is core really and how to provide value and all these sort of things. But um, like I said, all this all sort of um, illustrated in the book that I have over here, I can give you two little tips to start off with before you even talk about negotiating salary. There okay. must be two obvious presumptions, okay, that that you must take, okay? The first one is that your boss or your employer uh, is not an idiot, okay? <laughs> I like that.
0: As a former boss, I, yeah. I didn't ever want to think I was the idiot, right? Yeah.
1: <laughs> if they're out to take the P and wanting to have the minimum wage given to the workers just to churn it you're in the wrong job, so to speak, and maybe I'll speak to somebody else. If they don't know how to recognize value because they're the wrong person to do it, it's hard to negotiate anything because how do you explain Mozart to a to a bull? <laughs> it's just <laughs> totally different. Okay. Right and and the second the second presumption is that you really have to be there to create value and when i say create value i'm talking about value that's perceived value by other people not what you think is value right so if your boss is not an idiot and you're there to provide value then we can talk about salary negotiation because we are on the same page if money is a byproduct of value creation don't chase the money chase a value creation
0: it's the value yeah yeah and don't work for an idiot yeah
1: because (laughs) you want to be paid more the money must come from somewhere right where is it coming from it's not extra donations or things like that it's you must be able to churn that money right so the question is how and that if you want to do if only you want to do it you can dive that in but i think that's a bit too much for a short session like this what are your thoughts julie of what you well, my about.
0: thoughts are, because I've talked to a lot of people that I coach about this, because it is it is kind of a universal problem, right? Whether you're starting out and you need to ask for the a salary or mm-hmm. you're working somewhere and you want to ask for a raise, you have to be the person that can prove to the owner or whoever's deciding mm-hmm. this that mm-hmm. you are worth it. Mm-hmm. And so many of the veterinarians that I coach, I'll say, well, what is your average charge per transaction? How many mm-hmm. clients do you see? They don't even know exactly like they don't even have the base knowledge of mm-hmm. the finances of the practice before they go into the negotiation mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. you know so getting yourself educated is really the number one. Yeah no yeah
1: exactly. so 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 I, I think uh, uh, I'm glad you mentioned that uh, there are six steps on negotiation. You've mentioned the first step, okay? You need to know know your what, numbers because know your numbers because right. basically you want to go there with numbers to say that look, on average you need to know how much you turn over, and hence your salary is always a percentage of that. Usually right. people know because any sort of practice management system, any decent practice management system, you can pull out how much you personally are turning over,
0: mm-hmm. and
1: with that number you can go to say that oh, this is how much I'm turning over and this is what I'm asking for, which is.
0: Right.
1: Fair. And if my my tip is that if you are a fresh grad, okay, you have no proven history, okay, um, and you are and they have offered you something, that's not a problem. If that's a right job, the salary is not right, okay, but not off completely, you can always say, Okay, listen, thank you very much for that. Okay. Let's pretend in six months' time we'll take a look at how much money I'm turning over. Because what you cannot do is you, you have to learn how to provide value first. Right. You cannot then demand a high salary and cut yourself a hole. If you don't meet it, it's not good. Right. Do it the other way around. Go in with a low salary. Okay, that's my suggestion. But review it in six months' time to say that, yeah, I accept a job. Let me show you what I can do. I provide a value first. For example, if you're supposed to turn over five times your salary, okay, and you're paid 20K, okay, and you're supposed to turn over 100K, say, fine, okay, no, I'll take 20K. And I'll turn over five times, if not more, then I can right. renegotiate salary again. Does it make sense? So learn how to provide value first. People they like to take. Learn how to give first. Right. Give first, renegotiate salary. Then you say that you have actually proven yourself that you are deserving of that much salary with numbers, not just hearsay. Right. That is the way to go. So that's that's one very simple tip of which has been discussed in the book as well. So provide value first.
0: Right. Yeah. yeah. And, and I think that, um, you know, your mindset tips and all of that is really important, but you do have to understand business in order to talk to somebody that's running a Absolutely. business. You know, like Absolutely. The, no. the money, it just isn't there, even though it feels like it is because so much is coming in the front door. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. don't realize what the expenses yep. are. And I think yep. that was a big thing that I learned when I um, bought my practice is how much business that we don't understand as employees
1: mm-hmm. yeah. And, yeah and if you can demonstrate that knowledge to your boss or your employer you are already one cut above the rest to so say that i understand where the money is coming from i understand what the profit margin is and hence this is how much i'm asking for
0: right
1: it's totally different from somebody who just wants to say that oh i've been five years qualified i i'm so busy every day i want more money <laughs> so okay <laughs> like i said where is the money coming from? Where have you shown your value?
0: Just yeah, because you, you're
1: busy doesn't mean you're productive.
0: Do you have a suggestion for those people that tell me, um, and I've heard this multiple times and it it blows me away every time, that their their employer doesn't share that information with them mm-hmm. and they have no idea where to get it? And I always yeah. just say, you need to go ask. You need to say, yeah. look, I need my numbers. and yeah. if And if the numbers aren't being tabulated properly mm-hmm. and then that's mm-hmm. the first step is to get yeah. those numbers correct
1: absolutely so two things to say about that first one is that the employees are probably vets and vets don't like to talk <laughs> and about they money. don't
0: know about money they, just no, like yeah, the they
1: don't know and they don't like to talk about it they, they like to keep it hush hush which is a bit gotcha. silly okay
0: it's the, uncomfortable
1: yeah because i I, to, I totally get that in my second job literally i was asking my my employer, and how i went was you know i like to know how much i am earning then they ask why. I said because I love this job. I want to know how I am vetting is actually sustainable for me right. as a career, also for the practice. Yeah. I want to know. That. So that's why I know the numbers because I love what you I'm doing. Right now. Like my way, my style of doing it is not making the practice any money. It's not sustainable to me or the practice. Right. You need to know that. Unless okay. I know that, I can make any corrections.
0: Ah, yeah, that's so a good way to. That's a good way to go act.
1: from that angle. So I, I love this job. I love the way I vet. I love the way I'm charging. I love the way I am providing the services. But is it actually sustainable? Right. This is, is it an expensive hobby or is it actually a job? I love it. Yeah. So, so you come from that that frame and you show the gut. Same thing provide very first. You want to show the employees that I want to make money for you. I need to know how. If you don't show me, I cannot improve. So you come from a way whereby it's for them and not for you it'll be a little bit more palatable.
0: I and love because sometimes it. They've got no
1: idea. They've got no idea. So that's 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 what I would say really. It, and also if your employer starts to be like taking a pass, okay, and saying that they don't want to show you because you're actually making so much money they don't want to show you, they don't want to increase your salaries. That's <laughs> presumption number one. They're idiots.
0: Right. Then you've you got an idiot away. boss. You look for
1: you look for another job that sees your value. You new. go
0: back to our last podcast and start looking for a new job, right?
1: <laughs> exactly.
0: And then you so, can renegotiate. Yeah.
1: there's yeah. a presumption that your boss is not an idiot. They recognize value. If they don't recognize value, you're talking, you're you are talking you you will not get anywhere. So Talk you look for a at job yeah. that the boss understands you. And this can be all covered in the interview as well.
0: Right. So,
1: how, how am I going to be tracing how well am I doing? When how often do we get salary uh sort of uh salary um reviews, so to speak? Mm-hmm. And you know, is yeah. it every six months? Is it every year? And say, I said, I don't think your job much easier. If you give me access to how much money I'm earning, then I can tell you exactly whether I should come to you or not. Because right. that's, what I, that's what I tell my vets. They all have access to exactly how much they're earning. They know how much. And they, they know I said, I want five times your your total amount, five times, the right. And, and yeah, I so explained to the them why five rule, times. general
0: rule, right?
1: Same again. Well, it's a general rule, but it's also explained quite clearly in this book as well. Why five times? Okay. Right, right. So uh, between four and five, put it this way. Right. If... If if you're tipping in between that, your turnover, I'll leave you alone. More than five times, you better come to me and ask for a pay rise. Right. Less than less than four times, I'll come to you and ask what's happening.
0: Ask for a pay cut. <laughs> no, or increase your value. Right? What else can I do to support you? Right? You know I mean? Yeah. So, how can we make so more not, money? Yeah, not
1: exactly ask for a pay cut, but you know what exactly what exactly is happening.
0: What do you need? Yeah.
1: Yeah, exactly. So it's it's a both two-way conversation, really. So you know. And I always say that you know how much you're earning so you can come and look for me for pay rise. But if, if they know they're not, they won't even come. They may even come to me and say that, actually, you know, I've been turning over. Can you give me a help? Can you coach me to see how, how can I can make, how how yeah. how I can expand my services better? And sometimes it is not their fault. Okay? Right. Because if the practice is a very, very quiet practice. It's none of the vet's fault. That the practice marketing is so bad <laughs> that they don't get anybody in. It's nothing. That's to do the, the truth.
0: Work. Or if they're just not organized correctly, yeah. like there's so yeah. many things that you can change about so practice to make more so money. So also
1: another thing that you got to be quite careful. So all of that.
0: Yeah. When you
1: negotiate salary, you mm-hmm. got to find out exactly what and for. for example, a very classic one would be if the practice is very cheap. You want more money. Literally means that you got to work harder. You're cocking right? more hours. You're you see, more, see clients. more clients. You do more jobs. Yep. so it's like is it actually designed to help you win or help you lose right because yeah you can make more money but what are you paying for that right what cost what does it cost you to do that a cons a practice whose consult is 100 pounds compared to another practice consult is 50 pounds literally you are in a thousand pounds more this one you see 10 more consults
0: right this
1: you, one, you see yep. 20 more consults mm-hmm. do you really want to pay rise
0: right right Yeah, in that particular practice.
1: It's not just asking for money. You need to know exactly what you're asking for because your wish may come true and you may not want it.
0: (laughs) Yeah, you don't want to see double the clients.
1: Yeah, imagine they say that, okay, look, I'm going to increase your salary from 50K to 70K. Now I've got to prove it. Man, good luck. If it's a cheap place.
0: In a cheap place, yeah. Yeah, good luck.
1: Right. Yeah, Yeah, or a place that that isn't
0: tracking Mm -hmm. the numbers correctly. Mm -hmm. Like I've had that before too. Well, they... Every you know nail trim or whatever goes to the technicians. It's like, well, that's they're not tracking it correctly. Then, like they, exactly. you have to go through the the system that they're using to track the, to
1: track exactly. the money, right? Exactly.
0: Yeah, I love that. All so, right. So, um, did we yeah. do we need to say more?
1: I think we've covered quite a lot in this uh, short half an hour, and like I guess <laughs> So, I, if you want to learn
0: more about this subject, go get Lennon's book. And read it because he goes into more detail there. If you're having trouble with the value part of it or the self-worth part of it, uh, there's a chapter in my book about (laughs) self-worth and your values and your mission and all of those things are in both of our books and um, get coaching as well, right? Like this is something that we can all work together to improve for vet med. And that's, that's kind of our mission. We want you to have a better veterinary life. And that's why our books are, are so aligned with, improving your vet life. Yeah. Sounds good. Okay. So Lennon and I will be back on another podcast soon. And on the next one, I think we're going to talk about communication with our teams and our clients, and then also a little bit on self-care. Yeah. Or whatever else comes up. (laughs) So if you like these podcasts, let us know. We'll do some more and uh, we'll be back again. Huh? Anything else you want to say, Lennon, before we wrap up? I think we froze for a second.
1: Merry Christmas if I don't see you guys before.
0: (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah. Christmas is coming up. So hopefully I'll get this out before Christmas. If not, we'll be saying Merry Christmas late, right? All right. This is Dr. Lennon Fu. And um, we'll be back again to do another podcast for you. Have a beautiful week, everyone. Bye. Bye, Lennon.
1: Bye-bye.